morning. Merry Christmas to you. Good to see you all. And we always like to welcome those that are watching on the web. Uh, we, we are excited about that ministry and appreciate the volunteers and the media team that make that possible. Uh, there are several hundred that uh, watch each weekend, and you know, it's pretty exciting uh, that, uh, that that tool's available, especially this time of the year. Um, so we want to just say welcome to you and hope that God will bless you wherever you're at. Uh, today, we're going to be all over as far as in our scriptures, uh, and I'm going to invite you uh, to just have, have your Bibles ready, but uh, as soon as the ushers are done taking the offering, they're going to come back and offer a Bible for those of you that may want to get one, okay? Uh, just uh, one more time this weekend, we're looking forward to a couple of weeks when we're going to start a series after the first year called 40 Days in the Word. Uh, this is going to be a concentrated study, a very focused study that we're going together as a church and all of our life groups and uh, our ministries are all aligned uh, toward this. So it's going to last about six, seven weeks, and uh, we're going to launch it that first week of, of January. If you haven't picked up your workbook uh, for that, they are available out this door and to the left. There's a little alcove over here, and they're, they're, they're for sale. They're only $5, and so we've tried to make them affordable for you. Um, want to pick one up and, and just be praying about that and getting ready. If you're not connected to a group yet, you can talk to one of our community pastors out in the lobby and they'll let you know in your geographic area which ones are available in the times and, and when they'll be doing that. So uh, excited about that. I really do believe that this is going to have a great impact on the life of, of our fellowship. Uh, just uh, really looking forward. We're, uh, we're in a little series, a little uh, short Advent series called The Gifts of Christmas. We looked at uh, the hope uh, that he brings to us. We studied the book of Ruth and, and just saw that hundreds of years before Christ, the place where he was born was all the pieces were kind of putting, putting together between Ruth and Boaz and the family and the heritage that was there. Uh, last week we talked about the gift of worship and saw the wise men and, and just learned from their example. Now I don't know today as you walked in uh, whether that impacted you or not or you consciously were thinking about coming with expectancy coming with a sincerity, coming with faith as you uh, come to worship the Lord. Did you, do you remember that from last week? And to try to apply that. I hope so, because it, I'll tell you what, it'll make all the difference in what the Lord wants to say to us. So, so this Sunday, uh, we're looking uh, at the gift of peace. And, uh, and once again, we're gonna be, be looking at a number of scriptures. But boy, I'll tell you what, this time of the year in particular at, at Christmas, peace is a great gift from God, isn't it? It's a great, great gift from the Lord, and, and we are thankful for it, and we're going to take a closer look at that uh, today. You know, I was thinking as I was putting this together this week, have you guys ever had just one of those days? One of those days, you say. Just, you know what I'm talking about. A few days ago, uh, it seems like, man, everything was kind of converging in, in the theme of that day was, was electrical. Everything electrical seemed to be uh, breaking down. Started with my cars, um, and you know I've got one that I drive. My wife's got one, and, and hers just stopped altogether. And we were dealing with that, and then mine, the the check engine light was coming on, and all kinds of things were flashing and everything to tell you know. Uh, and now I got to say, I've got two 20-year-old cars, and then a, an 18-year-old car. So I'm asking for it, right? You know, kind of kind of deserve this. But yet, it's kind of one of those things where the Lord's just kind of held things together all these years, and they haven't really given me a problem, but they all converged at once. And uh, my van, the alternator light, you know, because that's kind of our alternative car, and it was going all crazy. And, and then I get home, and all the lights in the house started flickering. And I didn't know what the source was, and it, just, and it was getting worse, and things were just shutting down, and 
didn't know what was going on. And I, I got to the end. I, I, at the end of the day, I went to pick up one car that was supposed to be fixed and drop off another one to, you know, fix that. And on the way back, the one that was supposed to be fixed all of a sudden started doing the same thing. And I just kind of got to the end and I just thought, man, Lord, this is, this is one of those days. And those are the kind of days that you are thankful for the peace of God, aren't you? If, you? if you can get that peace. Now, I have to testify, I have to say out loud something that I want to just say praise the Lord for. Can I give you a little quick testimony? Uh, as a preacher, sometimes when I have a theme or a subject on a particular theme, sometimes the Lord teaches me a lesson along those lines, if you know what I'm talking about. So. Last night could have easily been one of those days. Uh, let me tell you what happened. We, were, we went out, and uh, my wife and I, and we were going to visit some friends. Uh, many of you know Tom and Tammy Ditto, and we've been praying for Tom and just for his health, and we went to, to deliver a big pot of turkey soup. You know last night it was just raining like crazy. And so we were driving through the neighborhood on the way, and we were looking at the lights and enjoying We pull up in the driveway, and we drop off the soup, and we visited for a while and prayed, and Got back out into the van, and apparently my, my phone was in my coat pocket, and something about slipping up in the van or bending over something, the phone fell out. And I didn't know it. Uh, it's raining, crazy. We pull out, we take off. We're, we're actually going down the freeway. And my, my wife's phone rings, and it says, Ken. And she says, are you calling me? And I'm, <laughs> am I calling you? <laughs> and she... She answers the phone, and she says, hi, this is Tammy. She said, uh, apparently, Ken dropped his, his phone. And, and I thought, wow, really? And, and so here's what happened. Their nephew that was with them went out to move his truck from the curb on into the driveway. And now I don't know, in the pouring rain, I don't know why his girlfriend followed him out to guide him into the space, but just as he's pulling into the driveway, she sees, just before he ran over it, she sees my phone laying there. And she says, wait, wait, wait. And she picks it up and, uh, and realizes, you know, what it is. And then they take it in. Of course, they call me. And I'm just thinking about that. Would you say it would be one of those days if a truck ran over your phone? <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, I cannot tell you how grateful I was that I didn't have to come here and be a living example of what we're gonna be talking about today, to trust in the Lord for a peace when I didn't have any peace. Because I thought, man, if, he, if my phone got crushed, I'd have to, be, you know, between now and whenever, you know, go through all of that. So I'm, I'm thankful. And, um, and today, that's the gift that God makes available, is this gift of peace. Now, you know that many years before Jesus ever came, there was an announcement. We call it a prophecy. And if you have your notes in front of you or your Bibles open to Isaiah chapter nine, this is one of the more familiar prophecies that we read. This is a lot on a lot of your Christmas cards that you will read. And uh, here's what Isaiah said. He said, for you, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what? Prince of Peace. He announces that when Jesus comes, he's going to be the Prince of Peace. Now just let that just soak in just a moment. That's his very nature, is a Prince of Peace. At the time of his birth, 
that very first Christmas, and the angels were declaring to the shepherds, and they said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. There's that word again, and it was part of the pronouncement. And then if you follow Jesus to where he was doing his ministry uh, 30 years later, began his ministry, at the end of his ministry while he's in the upper room, just before he's getting ready to go to the cross and, and the Spirit's gonna come and they're gonna launch this new thing we call the church, just before that, here's what Jesus promised in John chapter 14. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you, So let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. It's all about peace, and it's what Jesus Christ comes to bring us. And there's so much of that that's at the heart of what we celebrate at Christmas. When he comes in the form of a baby in Bethlehem, all around him was this message, he is going to bring us a peace like the world cannot give. And that's what we want to look at today. I want to do two things with you today. First of all, I want us to consider what kind of peace is he talking about? What does it look like? What is that peace all about? Let's let's look first at that. And then probably more importantly, could we talk about how do we get that peace? How do we step in and actually experience that for ourselves? How does that happen? What are some practical things that we can do so uh, so that we're not at the mercy of the chaos that sometimes surrounds us? So that's what I want to pray for, and let's ask the Lord to help us. Could we in the next few minutes? Father, thank you for this time we get to sit at your feet and listen to your words. We just trust you, God, that in these next few minutes that we'll be able to just pull away from uh, our regular routines, begin to focus our gaze upon you, to reestablish just who you are, how great and how wonderful you are. And today in particular, Lord, I pray that as you come to us as the Prince of Peace, that some of us who have, have not been experiencing that, in fact, it's just probably the opposite, we pray that today somehow we'll come to that new revelation that this is the gift that you offer and that we will come to receive that. And this is what we're asking in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I don't know, I don't know what kind of a year you had. Um, in our family, when we get together, and, and uh, this year we'll be going back to our kids uh, on Christmas Day, uh, back in India, three of our four kids, um, and we usually sit around a circle, and one by one we'll talk about our highlights of the year, and sometimes some of the challenges that the year has brought, but we'll do kind of a, an evaluation and just see how God's been at work in our, our lives. Uh, I don't know how your year's been, maybe you're still right in the thick of it, and you've gone through a very, very tough time and, and you know that, and it's pretty clear to you. I know my year didn't start off so good. Uh, in fact, probably the first six months, the first half of this year was pretty tough. Uh, it, 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 it took a, a turn during the summer, and, and I gotta say, we're finishing strong. Uh, you know, it's kind of the tale of two halves, kind of like our Seahawks, you know? They're not so good in the first half, but, but sometimes they come around the second half. And, uh, and that, that's kind of been, been my year. But I don't know what you've faced or what you've gone through. All I know is this, is that the Lord has something that he wants to offer to you today so that we enter 2019 without the anxiety, without the fear, without the worry, um, without the troubles sometimes that, that have marked us. And even if troubles come, 
we will know that there's something that's going to allow us to remain uh, kind of buoyant through those times so that, that we don't get bogged down uh, with, with those problems. That's called peace. What kind of peace are we talking about? What kind of peace are we talking about? There's three kinds. If you've got your notes in front of you, the first of those I wanted to look at is, is what we're going to call the peace with God. It's the first thing that I believe that he came to do, came to bring us, and the scriptures in 2 Corinthians 5 says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Um, one, of the, one of the versions I looked at, one of the paraphrases says, said that Christ came uh, to make peace between us and him. And anytime we hear that word reconcile, we're usually implying that there's been a brokenness, right? A brokenness in the relationship. Friends, in case you don't know this, maybe you're just taking some first steps toward the, the church or toward God, and this is what's brought you here recently. In case you didn't know this, we were born into a situation where we're separated from God. You don't do that by your bad works or your actions or uh, you know, your behavior, things like that. We're born into that state of separation. We call it sin. And that's why the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Death means separation. That's all it means. When somebody dies, it means their soul goes this way and their body stays here. They're just separated. And we're born in that state of sin so that, that there's a gap between us and God. There's a brokenness in our relationship. You wonder, well, why, why is that? Hey, I, I, I wish I could explain why this is kind of passed down all the way from the first man, Adam, who broke that relationship, but that's what we've inherited. And that's the beauty of the message, the gospel message that we get to share is that God has done something about this. He has made it possible that that relationship can be restored, that, that broken relationship can be mended, and that peace with God can suddenly um, you know, come about the way that it was intended from the very beginning. And so this is what we will call spiritual peace, okay? You're gonna see the different forms, but this one is the, the spiritual peace. And why is this so important? It's because when we are in that state of separation, friends, there is something that goes on. We think somehow we're the master of our own universe. We're the one that's in control. And a lot of times the way that that plays itself out is, is that in our brokenness before God, we try to defend ourselves or justify ourselves, and we, get, we can get angry with God. Maybe this year some circumstances have come your way that have caused you to, to maybe shake your fist and say, why God, why, why is this happening? And you feel this kind of separation, this brokenness, but just know this, God is here today and he wants to restore that relationship. He wants to reconcile, and he does that through his son Jesus. That's what that verse promises saying. He's saying this is from God who through Christ has reconciled us uh, to himself. Look at uh, Romans 5. Paul kind of captures this when he says, he goes, therefore, he says, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace through Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, and friend, just be reminded, this is nothing that you can do on your own. It's only him that makes this possible. He is the one who laid his life down so that bridge could be, uh, be had between us and God and be restored. We can't do it ourselves. 
And this is one of the dilemmas is a lot of folks think they can. They think uh, through their behavior or through their works or through their efforts or whatever that somehow they can do it. But it doesn't work that way. It's only Christ and it's coming to the realization and, and as Paul said, by faith in what Jesus has done, that's how we are restored in that relationship. Do you notice in that second part of the verse he says, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. And that's what we were. We were enemies of God, but, uh, but he made a way and, uh, and he mended that. I just, I just wanna remind you guys that in some of our journeys today, there are some broken relationships just on this level. And you are never more like God than when something inside of you is inspired to make the first move to mend that relationship. Maybe it's with a family member. Maybe, maybe it's just uh, with a neighbor, maybe with a friend. And I don't know, that, that something happened that the relationship went like this. When God inspires you to make peace in that relationship, you are being God-like because that's what he did and he made the first move. While we were enemies, while we were shaking our fist at him, he says, I want a, I want a relationship with you. I love you and, and I'm gonna do what it takes to restore that. And that was by sending his own son, Jesus. So that first one is peace with God. The second one now is moving internally and that's peace within myself. There's a peace inside. And I would call this the emotional peace that he makes available. Look at uh, Colossians 3. He says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body and be, be thankful. And so this peace now is inside of us. On the one side, you've got um, the peace with God, but this is the peace of God that's inside of you. It goes back up to the top, what I read earlier from John 14. Jesus said, it is my peace that I will put in you, my peace. It's not something we fabricate or, or create ourselves. It's Jesus that puts that in. This is the peace of Christ. And he says, let that peace rule inside of us. You know, I, this week I was just kind of curious. I was wondering how many times, I, I had a little search engine and everything. How many times is this word peace used in the Bible? Do you know it's over 700 times? Most of the time it's this word we're used to is shalom. And what it's describing there is mending the hostility between parties, to mend the hostility. Sometimes it's given, in fact it's a greeting when you go to Israel, they, they use that quite often, and it means harmony, it means well-being, uh, being in a good place, you know, all these kind of nuances that, that go along with that. And over and over and over it's saying this is, this is what we're aspiring to and this is what's gonna create that inner peace so, so my question, I guess, today is, what, what did you bring, bring in this morning that may be robbing you of that peace that the Lord intends for you? It could be any number of things, can't it, that can take that away from us. Here's my assumption. There is not one problem that we face that God does not have a solution to peace for you. Maybe, maybe you came in with confusion You've got some things looming on the horizon that are gonna require some decisions and, and you're really kind of worried about, maybe you're even anxious about that. And he says, why don't you let me be your guide? So his peace comes in the form of guidance. You know, maybe, maybe there is uh, you know, health issues that you're going through 
and, and you're not sure what the, what the outcome there is. One of the names for God is Rapha. He is our healer. And we turn to him. We look to him. We know that he knows us. We know that he made us. And uh, we depend on his love in that area. I suppose there's more than a few of us that have gone through some broken relationships, uh, maybe, maybe even recently, whether it be the loss of a loved one or, or maybe just a relationship that has broken down, maybe in your marriage or among your family members, whatever. And God, God has a word for you in those times. Maybe you came in today with a broken heart. You know, it's funny because as I was thinking about this, the Christmas time kind of brings back sometime memories, you know, of that season. And mine goes way, way back to when I was uh, my first year as a Christian. Uh, many of you know I got saved just a few days out of high school and, and then within a few weeks, God sent me off to a Christian college up in Portland, Oregon. I lived, grew up in California, never been away from home in my life. Now I'm in this small Christian college, didn't know a soul. And um, the one thing that kind of kept me hanging on was my new girlfriend that I had had down in California and, and we depended on letters. Do you remember letters when you used to write? and depend upon a letter to come in the mail, uh, and you just hung on every word. And so I would look for my weekly letter from this, this girlfriend, her name was Vicki. And, um, and as the, the fall went on, I was homesick. I was, I was, I hate to admit that, you know, I was kind of big, rough, and tough, right? I was homesick, and, uh, and I'd read these letters. And about three weeks before Christmas, I get this letter, and it said something to the effect, things are gonna be different when you come home. I thought, oh boy, and my heart began to sink. And I thought, oh, you know, what is she talking about? And of course I was inferring, you know, that, that she in fact had probably found somebody else or whatever. And in fact, that's, that's what happened. And, and her brothers, her two brothers were good friends of mine. And so they lived just north, north where I lived. And so I went to church on the weekend to be with her brothers. <laughs> and, uh, and we sat down and I remember, I can still see it in my head when she walked into the church with this, this new, new guy, and he sat next to her. And I, I tell you, my heart was absolutely broken. It was aching. And now I know it sounds kind of stupid and frivolous and child and all that, but hey, that was my reality at the time. And when I left home a few days later to go back up to Portland, to the cold, dark, rainy Portland, and I got to my dorm room, and I'm just sitting there thinking, what am I going to do? I've told you guys this in another context, but I did one of those things where you take your Bible. I had my big old thick King James Bible. I said, God, I need a word. I need to speak. And I, I went, did one of these things where you open it up and go like that and say, well, you speak to me, okay? And I looked at it, and it was Proverbs uh, 4, 4, 5, and 6, I think. And it said, keep her thy son. Don't let her go, for she is thy life. Serious, look at it, in the King James Version. I thought, you're talking to me. That, you know, and, and, it, and it just gave me just that bit of hope that I needed to, to sustain me. Now, obviously, it didn't work out that way, right? And, and I found out later that that isn't what he was talking about. He was talking about wisdom and you know, all these other things. But for me, in the moment, God gave you just what you need to kind of mend that broken heart and to keep you going, even just for a few more days or a few more weeks. God gives you what you need in that emotional time. And it doesn't matter what it is, what problem. God's got something for you. I believe he's even got it today. So you got this peace with God then there's this peace within, this peace of Christ. 
And then there's a third one that I, I, I often see, and that is the relational peace, okay? The peace with others. And this, uh, this is so clear, you know, throughout all of the scriptures. I, I picked up this verse, and it's in Ephesians 2. Actually, verse 16 I, I wrote, but it's verse 15. It tells you that he's talking about this context of peace, and here's how God does it between broken parties. And then he concludes and he says, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby, thereby killing the hostility. Killing the hostility. And I'm gonna, I wanna say something, and it's not your note, but you may wanna write this one down. Just as a reminder, the truth is, friends, that the further you get from God, the more conflict relationally you're gonna see play out. That's true in a marriage, that if you find yourself drifting away from God, you're gonna find that conflict is gonna be more prevalent. It's true in a family, with kids that, that might, might go off on their own way and you'll find that the relationship gets difficult and hard and just heartaches. You'll see it in a nation. It happens in a whole country. When a country begins to drift from God, you're gonna see relationally that there's friction and greater levels. And even in the world, in our whole world, when people drift from God, you find that it plays out in their relationship. And this is why Jesus, when he comes to mend the relationship between us and God, when, when we have the peace with God, then it translates into an internal peace of God that's inside. Friends, it can't help but begin to manifest itself out in the relationships that are around us. That's what it looks like. It's how it works. So this is the, this is the relational peace that he, he brings uh, to us. And one of the things I love about the Christmas season is that there's something, and sometimes subtle, just about stories of relationship that has been mended, that seems to weave in itself in and out of the Christmas story, doesn't it? It's because Jesus came as the Prince of Peace. It's inherently part of what he came to do. So you can't celebrate Christmas without you know, kind of celebrating broken relationships that are mended. That's, that's what it looks like. Have any of you guys gone on a, a Christmas movie binge yet? Uh, I, I said in the first service, what would we do without Hallmark, right? <laughs> Whoo, yeah. Um, I, I always like the way they start. This is the one about. <laughs> And uh, they, they've come up with about every scenario you think, but just when you think you've heard it all, then they come up with a, come up with a new one. What's your favorite Christmas movie? You ever identified that, huh? Wonderful Life. I heard that in the first service, Bruce Munn, Die Hard, and I thought, what, where are you coming from? How, how could they, uh, I don't know, I don't get that one. I'd, I'd mentioned that my favorite, I think my all-time favorite is Home Alone. And I just, I just think it's one of the best written movies that there ever was. Because it's not just a straightforward one deal, you know, about a kid that goes through all what he goes, but there are these other little kind of other side scripts that are going on. And one of them that I find quite interesting, quite heartwarming is, is uh, kind of the, the side note of this guy next door, his name is Marley. And, and uh, the little guy's brother paints him out to be like an ax murderer. And so from the, the start, he is just deathly afraid of this guy. And he kind of looks, you know, creepy, right? 
And you kind of wonder, and then they have this moment where he's trying to escape the bad guys and he goes into a church on Christmas Eve and it's in the afternoon and it's all empty, you know, but they're, they're practicing. All of a sudden, Marley walks in and, and goes over to him and says, can I sit by you? And they begin a conversation. The kid's just afraid. I mean, he's just got his eyes wide open and says, oh man, what's, what's he gonna do? And he, they start a conversation and he's saying, well, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm here to hear my granddaughter. Oh yeah? And uh, he says, yep. He says, it's the only time I could, I could see her because I'm not allowed to go to the house. What? He looks, why not? And he says, well, my son and I uh, got into an argument and we said things that we were sorry for and, uh, and we just haven't talked for years. And the little guy's just thinking, well, that's kind of crazy. Why don't you just go to him? Why don't you well, he might not respond to me. And he said, well, how are you going to know if you don't give it a try? You know, and just these little bits of wisdom. He says, you know, you're probably, probably right. And they go on. The, the, the story unfolds about the main theme, you know, about him dealing with these bad guys. But at the very end of the movie, you might remember this if you've seen it, he's looking out the window, family's home, looking out the window, last scene, and here's Marley walking down the sidewalk with his son and with his daughter-in-law and then the little granddaughter. And he catches his eye out the window, and there's a big smile, and he just kind of goes like this, and Marley waves at him. And you just think, that's what it's about. It's about mended relationship. And I've heard from some of you recently some testimonies that some broken relationships that have lasted years, that God is beginning to repair those. You know why? Because he's the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace, and it's what he desires and you're never more like God than when you are part of that process of mending those broken relationships and reconciling those uh, together. So we look at these three kinds, the peace with God, the peace of God, and then the peace with others, how that plays itself out. But here's the real question that we got to wrestle with. How do we get that? What is it gonna take truly for us to experience that? This is a great thing to talk about, think about, and I send you out and you go right back to the same stuff, right? What could you do to make things different? What could you do to truly appropriate the peace, this gift of peace that Christ has made available? Can I suggest three things to you today, okay? Here's the first thing that I think has to happen. First thing is, I need what I'm calling this morning a moment of clarity, a moment of clarity. Uh, it, what I'm saying here is there, there's gonna be a time when you see things like you've never seen them before. It's kind of the light bulb going off. You're gonna say, oh, now I get it, now I understand. And that could be in the context of, of your relationship with God. Maybe you don't know the Lord, maybe you don't have a relationship with him. You know about him, and, and you know maybe a, a number of details, but you've never really entered into a true relationship with him. Maybe today is that day, maybe tomorrow is that day. I don't know when the Lord is gonna sweep over and all of a sudden the light's gonna go off, but you're gonna say, wow, this is, this is who he really is and this, this is what he intended for me. He truly loves me and he wants a relationship with me. That's what it looks like. Maybe it's a moment when you come to a, a moment of clarity on your inside when some things you've held and held tightly to, not wanted to let go of, but all of a sudden you realize what they're doing to you they're not hurting anybody else except you. And you're, you're saying, 
wow, why am I doing this? And you come to the moment and you say, I, I really need to let this go. I need to give this to, to the Lord. Maybe there's a relationship that, uh, that has been broken. And maybe like in the movie, you know, you said some things or you did some things or somebody said something to you that you took and you ran with it and you allowed that to separate you. And in some cases for a long, long time, I've met some folks who have siblings that they have not spoken to in years because of stuff that happened long, long time ago. Children that you're, um, you're separated from. The, the truth of the matter is, is that there will be moments when you say, wow, God, could you mend this? Could, could, you, could you bring your peace to this situation? I believe that you can. Now, can I tell you what the opposite looks like? The opposite is what we call denial. And it's basically pretending not to know these things that are there and acting like they don't, and yet the reality is they're there. Could I ask you a hard question today? Is there anything that you're pretending not to know? Maybe about your marriage. Maybe about your behavior, your character, your... Uh, another relationship. Is there something that, that the Lord wants to bring his truth and his light into? You see, what happens is, is we, we deceive ourselves. Ran across an interesting verse along this theme, and you see it written there in Luke chapter 11, and here's what Jesus says. He says, therefore, be careful lest the light in you be darkness. You know what he's saying? He's saying there's some times when you think you've got the light, you think you know the truth, you think you're standing on solid ground, but in fact it's darkness. You've dug your heels in and you've insisted, oh, well, this is, this is what they did, or this is how they did, and I, I can't go there, I can't do that. These are just voices you hear that are deception, and sometimes they'll communicate that you are worse than you really are. Sometimes they'll communicate you're better than you really are. But the bottom line is, are they the truth? And until we come to these moments of clarity when the truth breaks in and his light breaks in, that's what Christ comes to do, is to bring us the truth. You remember what he said in John? The truth will set you free. You'll know the truth when I come and the truth will set you free. And when that freedom comes, friends, would you not say that that, that brings about the peace we're talking about? That's, where, that's how it happens. And so we come to these, these moments of clarity, but but I've been there, we've all been there, and sometimes it's not easy to come to the place of admission to allow God to do that. We resist that. And there is a word directly from the Lord for us. It's found in Isaiah. Isaiah um, 48. Listen to the Lord. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. That's what he wants, but we get so rebellious, we hang on to what we think is the truth, and we won't let him say it. We won't let him do it. And he said, man, if you just listen, if you just listen to what I have for you and, uh, and walk in that path, your peace would be like a river. Does anybody want that kind of peace here today? I mean, isn't that the place you want to be? And so the first thing is this moment of clarity. Here's the second one. I brought it up last week, but man, it's worth repeating. I, I need to express an attitude of humility. An attitude of humility. 
James says, uh, therefore, he says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And it's that kind of grace, I think, that's going to result in, um, in this, this peace that we're talking about. Grace, grace to the humble. He resists the proud, though. And friends, then wrap yourself around this with me just for a minute. We're looking at kind of a dichotomy here. You're talking about humility over here. What's the opposite? Obviously, it's pride, um, arrogance over here. You're basically talking about a, a lifestyle that's, that's saying, I'm the one in control. I'm the master. I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. And I demand on that. And the Lord is just simply saying, what he does is he just, he just kind of backs away. He resists that kind of notion. And he says, okay, go right ahead. You want to do it? You go ahead. And let's just see how that works for you. And usually it doesn't work out too good, does it? It doesn't work out at all. And, and when I'm in that mode where, where I'm saying, you know, I'm the one that's calling the shots. I'm the one that's, that's going to do this. I have to have a healthy dose of, of reality like this moment. And a lot of times my clarifying moment is, I am God and you are not. And that's a pretty good thing to kind of repeat, repeat that refrain over and over. I am, I am not God. You are God. You are God. And I am not God. And as stuff happens and as stuff comes our way, um, you know, just confessing, Lord, I, I, I pray the prayer of Jehoshaphat quite often. Lord, I don't know what you're going to do, but my eyes are on you. And I think that's a healthy place to be. I like this scripture where he says in Isaiah, you notice I'm quoting a lot from Isaiah today, but Lord, you will ordain peace for us, for you have indeed done for us all of our works. You're the one that did it. You're the one that has orchestrated all these things. I don't know why there are certain times of life that we go through seasons that are tougher than others. And I do know this, some of you are in that season right now. You're in a tough, tough spot right now. In fact, you're just saying, God, I, I can't believe that this message is about this. I need this today more than, more than I even realized. I need to hear your word because I'm in a tough spot. And I do know what that's like. I, I got to say that a year ago, sometimes the Christmas season brings back things to your memories, you know. And a year ago, uh, you guys probably wouldn't have known this, but I was, I was just barely hanging on a year ago. And there were several things that were going on, and uh, maybe you remember, but my oldest brother, uh, Jerry, 15 years older than myself, was in a car accident with my cousin. Should've, it should have been fatal, uh, really but he, he had a broken pelvis on both sides and, and a lot of internal injuries and things like that, and, and it was amazing that he survived, but he, it was gonna be a long time of recovery. They, all my siblings live in California, and here was my brother, and his wife was actually in hospice care herself and kind of invalid and not, not there. She, she was being cared for uh, elsewhere, he didn't have any natural children that, that would come alongside and take care. And then on top of it all, the fact that he couldn't get up and take care of himself, he was gonna need other outside care that, uh, that now was on himself. Uh, he, he had an issue with bipolar and he was not taking the things to keep that balanced and he was beginning to show signs of going off the rails in that realm. And so, um, you know, 
for the first time in my life, my care for my siblings was beginning to weigh on me. And I just thought, what is this future going to be? I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here. And they're calling me and asking, what would we do? And here I'm, you know, at a distant away. And then on top of it, my, my brother closest to me was in the final stages of cancer, my brother Doug. And all of a sudden, the weight of this, I, it creeped up on me. And then I noticed it was playing out in my blood pressure. And I tried to offset that with a, with a different medication. And that medication caused me to be dizzy all the time. There was a period of about five months or so, six months, that I was pretty much like in a state of, um, uh, what's the word? Vertigo. Sometimes when I would walk up here on the platform, I was going really slow because I, and Annette would look at me and she'd say, you're dizzy, aren't you? How would you know that? Because I was walking kind of sideways like this, you know, and she'd, she'd look and she'd say, I, I know. And it was pretty much all the time. All this was kind of going on. And, and I said, several months later, I said, said, you know, these things kind of creep up on you. And, and so I know this reality of how sometimes you can go through seasons where it's just, it's really tough. What, what keeps you going? Where does this peace come from in a moment like that? It's a humility that says, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but you're the one that is in control, all right? And I just have to say from me to you, the promise that, that keeps me in those moments is a, a scripture that I've committed to memory, and I will, I will quote it often, and it's the one you see there at the bottom of that point, and it's in Philippians 4, and he simply says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Is that not a great word? You know, part of humility, friends, is, is not, not being worried. It is not being, because the only time that worry really kicks in is when you think you're in control, right? And you're losing control. So if you've relinquished that to the Lord, guess what? There's a peace that will be exchanged for that worry or that anxiety. Don't be anxious, he says, but instead present your request to the Lord. Leave it at his feet. He's the one that is in charge. It takes humility to get there. And I gotta tell you, the Lord, even in those times and even walking through in the midst of that, while I'm still going through you know, some of the residuals of, of the things I'm talking about, but there is a peace that kind of takes you through that and keeps you in those moments. He wants you to have that. It's a gift that he makes available to you, even in the toughest of times. And then the last, the last thing I'd pass on to you is, could you come to a place where you truly expect the Lord to help you? You're not just hoping, you actually expect him to come to your aid, to come to your side in the middle of the storm. He wants to do that. And in fact, I quote his own words as he himself said these. He said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Wow. Anybody want that kind of rest? <laughs> Anybody here that is burdened and heavy laden? He's just simply saying, here's what you do. Three things. The first thing he says is come. Don't try to do it on your own. Just come. Come to him. Maybe in a few moments when we pray, 
Maybe for some of you, that's exactly what you needed to hear today, to come to Jesus with the need or the burden that you're carrying. Come to me. And then he says something interesting. He says, he goes, take on me my, my yoke. And that sounds kind of cumbersome at first, but what is he truly saying? You know what a yoke is, right? Uh, you got the two harnesses and you'd put two oxen or two cows or two horses so that, that they're not having to sh- carry the load all by themselves, but you're getting you know, both of them sharing. They're like a partnership. So the second word I'd say is we need to connect with Jesus. He wants us to be yoked up with him and, and he will support, he will carry that burden that you're sharing today if we'll be in partnership with him. And then when we're in that mode of connection to him, the third thing he says, then I'm gonna begin to change you. He says, learn from me. Learn from me. While you're now yoked up with me, right next to me, you're gonna start seeing some of the things that, that I am and that I do and that, that uh, what I'm all about. You're gonna see them rubbing off on you. You're gonna see them begin to translate into your own life. Like the peace that we've talked about. My peace, he says, I give to you. How's that gonna happen? Because we're yoked up. We're connected with him, and there'll be a change. I saw something in this scripture. I've, I've taught this many times, and I've looked at it, read it many times, but I saw something that I think that was fresh for me, and it was those two words. He says, for I am gentle and I am lowly. Why does he throw that in there? I am gentle and I am lowly. And I had one of those clarifying moments. And you know what the Lord said? He said, that's the answer to the two things that probably rob you of peace more than anything else. And they're the word aggression and arrogance. Aggression. When I get aggressive and when I think, man, I want what I want and I want it now. And I plow through all the warning signs, all the indicators that say, you know, you need to wait. You need to come. No, man, I want that. Have you ever bought something because you just had to have it now? but you didn't have the funds to do it, so you put it on credit, and then you found out a little later that you kind of overstretched, and now the, the worry sets in, the anxiety, because you can't pay for what you, that's what I mean by aggression. You just plow through things. And for me, it's one of my greatest challenges, is because I'm kind of an on-the-go, I'm kind of a pedal-to-the-metal type of guy, you know, and I want to get there, I want to do, I want to, I want to be about that. Uh, <laughs> Friday night, um, Annette and I, we try to get a date night on Friday nights. And uh, I made the mistake of, of uh, going down to Bellevue Square on Friday night. And uh, so we're driving down there, and it took, I think, eight or nine lights uh, just to get off of the freeway. It was backed up. You, you got the picture? And then it took about another 12, maybe 15 to get from there down to the four blocks down to the the mall. And uh, it was kind of interesting because my wife said something I don't think I've ever heard her say. (laughs) She said, you know, you are really patient. (laughs) She kind of looked and she says, what's got into you, you know? And I thought about it. I didn't even realize it, but, you know, because normally I'd be saying, what what is going on up there, you know? Why can't they, you know? I don't honk horn. You know, you know they're not from Seattle if they honk horns, right? But normally I'm I'm a little little amped up, and uh, and she says you 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 are really kind of patient. Now, guys, I'm going to say up front, this is my story. 
all right? I'm not gonna say it always happens like this, but, but you know, I just kind of took it as it come, and when we turned, and it was bumper to bumper just to get into the parking garage. And you know, they have a, a special deal there that night, so there's thousands of people that are gonna be coming in. It's pretty early, though. It's like 4.30 or so, so it's still a long But it is bumper to bumper. We get into the garage. I'm in my wife's car. It's a little car. And, and I'm, it's bumper to bumper just to go up the thing, you know, to, to wait for somebody to pull out. And I think this, this is going to be a long time. Well, I see this big SUV pull out and go left. There was a lane. He goes left. And I thought, wow, can you park over on that side? Wow, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go in this line. So I pull out and I get there and all of a sudden I realize all the arrows are pointing exit. <laughs> now what I've just done is I've gotten out of the line that's all the way backed up. And now I'm, I'm on the exit to go out the, the front and go back and get in the line again. Do you see the picture? The SUV's in front of me. He stops and, and obviously he got lucky because somebody was pulling out right as he turned the corner and he got the place. And I'm going, oh, if I would have only been one car in front, you know? Okay, so I'm going down, I'm going down the last lane, you know, packed with cars and I'm, I hate to admit, I'm saying, I don't do this very often. Lord, could, could you just have some reverse light shine? I'm just looking for a light. Oh, Lord, please let a light shine. And I got to the very end, and there were no lights. No lights, and now I'm on my way out, and all of a sudden to my right, I notice there is a parking place, the very last parking place. It's tucked away. I thought for sure it must be a handicap, right? And I looked for a sign, and there was none. And I zipped in there, and I said, this is the best place in the whole building, and I just got it. And I'm just kind (laughs) of, you know, thank you, Lord. And I said, you you must have smiled on the patience that I had back there, and I don't know if that happens to you, but man, I tell you, I was so, I couldn't wait to tell Annette, and and it just seemed that night that everything just kind of fell in place. And I, th- and I thought about this message, but then, then I thought about what could have been like the story I started off with. I mean, I could have had my phone ran over, and that happens sometimes. Stuff happens. So it comes and it goes. Thank the Lord when it goes your way. Thank the Lord when it doesn't. But he has a gift of peace awaiting us. And, and he said, come to me, connect with me, and you know what? If you do that for a while, I'm gonna begin to change you more into my likeness, which is gentle instead of aggressive. That's my aggressiveness showing up. And he he helps to make you gentle. And the other thing is, I'm humble. And that's where the arrogance comes in. And friends, when I insist on my way, and when I'm proud, and I'm I'm just full of myself, and I've got to have it my way, things just don't work out. And usually the results are the very things that make me worry, they make me full of anxiety, and, uh, and this trouble, and you're going, why is this happening? And a lot of times all I have to do is track it back to my own, my own behavior. So what do I do? Here's my challenge to us today. Receive his gift of peace. He's offering it to you. It's right here. My peace I give to you. Will you receive it? Will you trust me that I'm the one in control? Will you put, put your whole life in, in my, my hands and... and and begin to experience peace with God to mend the relationship that may have been broken. Begin to experience the peace of God on the inside and let it see how it plays out in the relational peace that he intends for us. Last promise, 
Isaiah 26. You keep in him perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Amen? I'm going to leave you seated. We're going to pray, and our worship team is going to close us in a beautiful song just to kind of reflect on, on the words we've shared. Let me pray with you, though, before we, we do that and just talk to the Lord about this. As we bow our heads together, we, we, we just know, God, that you are right here with us. This word is from you. It's from your heart, and it is for each one. And, Lord, only you know the scenarios that are being played out in this very room. Lord, there's somebody in the room here that, that in all honesty has never entered into a relationship, a personal relationship with you. They know who they are, and they know some of the reasons that have uh, precluded that from happening. I'm hoping today, Lord, that your love is just so powerful, so profound, that all those reasons are just going to go by the wayside, and there's nothing that would keep them from opening their heart up to you and responding to the love that you have for them and the peace that you want to bring to them as a gift. If that's you today, if that anyhow describes you, would you just say to the Lord, God, I, I invite you into my life, into my heart, and I'm going to trust you with my life and for my salvation. Today I invite your spirit to come in, make it your home, and I'm going to trust also that you will give me your peace and your power to live this life that you've called me to. Father, there's some others that know you and have believed in you, and they put your trust in you, but they're going through a particularly hard time right now. And the prospects of that changing, uh, maybe in the days and weeks ahead, are not that great. And yet, uh, yet they, lo they love you and they believe in you, and as hard as this is, uh, we just trust, God, that you will give them your promise and your hope because, Lord, we understand that this, this life in and of itself is, is just temporary. We are looking forward to something so much greater. And so whatever your word is to, to those who are just grasping for some hope today, I trust that you will speak to them in just the way that you can, in the only way that you can. We hope today, Lord, as we come to you, that we will find that rest of our soul that you promised in that scripture. We love you. Um, we thank you in advance for how you're going to use your word, even in uh, the moments ahead. And so uh, we lay ourselves before you, and we do it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.